Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can you still just lift your hand and tell him hallelujah? He wants your worship all the more. Hallelujah. Can you just open up your mouth? Hallelujah. Just tell him you love. you long, but I'm going to say what God has told me to say. I'm going to say what God has told me to say. We have been in a great series. Pastor has been talking about when I. We started off when I believe and how everything we've got to believe. We can read all day long and pray to the, you know, the sun comes up, but if you don't believe what you're praying, if you don't believe in God the Father, it's all for naught. You've got to believe and know without a shadow of a doubt that God is who he says he is. Then, the, then we talked about when I die. I think I love that one because we die daily. We die to what our flesh and what we want and what we want to do, and what we think we know and where we think we're going and all those things. We die daily so that God can rise up in us, that God can be used within us. And so he talked about that. Then last week, oh, it was just so powerful. When I connect, what all the clusters is about, how we're not an island unto ourselves. That God, we need each other. We need it. God designed it that way. Pastor always says, Jesus, and, it, and the Bible says, Jesus was born to a family. He could just put Jesus to anywhere, but we need one another. We need the connection. I can't get online a hug. I can't get online some of the things that we can get together when we come in the sanctuary. And today, I, I said, Lord, okay, here we go again. I felt like last week, last year, I kind of touched on the same thing, but I, I believe this is where God is heading and where God wants us to know much more of. So today, we are gonna talk about when I love. When I love. When I love. And so we say, you know, what is love? We've seen it on a t-shirt, you know, we'll see a t-shirt says, I love you more than coffee. You know, there's a song out that um, John Legend sings, all of you loves all of me. And then if we go way back, everybody knows, you know, Tina Turner used to say, look, what's love got to do with it? All these things. The word is just so misused, I believe, in our culture. You know what? Um, people will say that they love you, and then we find and read it on the news, and they end up killing you. And that's love? You know, even parents, you say they, they, they say they love their kids, but then their actions show otherwise. Many people are confused. And for some, you know, in the world, on the outside, and even in the church, it's hard to explain, you know, what love really is. 
because of all these mixed mixed messages. People don't understand, nor do they trust the very institution of love. And that's what God is. And so I said, okay, God, we've got to, in order to really understand the true meaning of love, we've got to go back to what the original meaning that came from God, what it means. Because love can be complex. It's a complex set of emotions and behaviors and beliefs associated with just strong feelings where somebody feels affection, where they feel protected, where they're warm, where they have respect for another person. It involves compassion, caring, self-sacrifice. In its most basic sense, love is an emotion felt and actions performed by someone that's really concerned about another person's well-being. And I started looking at that because I, you know, I don't know within the news and just things going on. I said, God, it just looks so much like there's so many things that are, are broken in our world. Broken in our world. I remember, and you guys probably, even the song and when Michael Jackson died, it was Heal the World. And it didn't say nothing about Jesus, but I remember my heart, you know, heal the world. Make it a better place for you and for me and the entire race. There are people dying. You know, and if you cared enough for the living, make a better place for you and me. There are people dying. Things and people are spinning out of control. Out of control. And then as I began to just study, I said, God, what in the world? You know, what's going on? He took me to Matthew 24, 3 and 12. And it says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, thank you, Father, for your word. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when, the, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered them and said, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these things are but the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And out, and, and out you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Sounds about like what's going on now. And many false prophets will rise up and lead many astray. And this is what he kind of zeroed my mind into. And because lawlessness, wickedness, I put these all together. Some versions are different. It just may say lawlessness. It may just say wickedness, but I like them all together. It says because lawlessness, wickedness, iniquity will be increased, the love of the many will grow old. Lawlessness, wickedness, iniquity will increase. The love of many will grow old. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Lawlessness, wickedness, iniquity. That's what's going on. That's what's going on in the world. The love of many have grown cold. Those people, the people in our family, the people who own job, they don't trust the institution of love. And therefore, they don't trust God. Because God is love. And when there is no love... There's no God because I just said because God is love and then that means that the enemy has more access to the hearts of people more access in your families more access on your job more access to everything in your heart your mind and your spirit because of the absence of love and so the cycle begins the mama doesn't love the daddy doesn't love the children don't love the grandchildren don't love the dog's not loved 
the people on your job. It's just a cycle going on around. Because of the absence of love means the absence of God. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 tells us we are to be imitators and live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering. Oh, yes. And a sacrifice to God. Imitators of God and live a life of love. I just love that. Jesus just, he just smelled good to God. We always say, God, let our worship be a sweet smelling savor unto you. God, let it be pleasing to your sight. That's our desire. And then so but we, we have this scripture, but what does that even look like? To be imitators of God. Does that mean I'm going around just hugging people all the time? Just giving money because they need it and, you know, they're broke or whatever, just down on the time. Or I'm just saying, you know, you're blessed and highly favored. What does that even look like? If you've even been in church for a while, you've heard uh, many ministers talk about agape love. There's all kind of loves out there. But I said, okay, again, we need to be reminded that this love is different. This is the love that God has given us. It's not a feeling. It's a motivation of action where we are free to choose or reject. It is a choice. I know many of you have been faced with, I've been faced with it. I can choose to live, I can choose to go left, I can choose to go right, I can choose to love, or I can choose to hate. It is a choice. But God, it's a with agape love, it's a sacrificial love that voluntarily suffers inconvenience, discomfort, and even death for the benefit of another without expecting anything in return. Anything in return. We are called to God's agape love through Christ, agape love through Christ's examples. So therefore, we're imitating, we're doing what God has called us to do. It's more than a hug. It's more than a hug. It's more than even your time. And so as we seek the Father, God shows us all the more what that love looks like. It implies love that, like I said, it may not be two-way. It may not be reciprocal. You may be the one at that time that has to give it out, knowing that God comes back around and knowing that he will give you that same love. Can this be challenging? Can it be challenging? Because we're not God. We are not God. We are in this flesh, and even our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Father. Even the good that we try to do, we try to do, doesn't even still measure up and compare to the love that God gives us. As humans, we will never, we're trying to, we strive toward, we, we will never fully understand and comprehend God's love. We used to think, why you love me? So I don't know why people can walk away, why people turn their backs, lie, cheat, steal, and he still calls you. He's still saying, I'm there. He's still saying, come, come, come. You, you've walked away from me, but I'm still there waiting for you. Who can understand that? We'll never understand the minds of God. It is our duty and our joy to strive to understand it better and better each day as we try to love one another. Why do we need it again? We need it because people are hurting. It's more than about us. We got this world. I started and said the world is wicked. We got the lawlessness. We've got iniquity. People are growing cold and people are hurting. They don't know what to do. We've got television, social media, raising children, raising adults, telling us what we should do, what we shouldn't do, what we shouldn't do. A lot of people just, you know, taking your life just seems like a good option because things have just gotten that bad. Stealing, cheating, doing what I want to do just because I feel like it. Keeping it real. I'm going to do what I want to do. 
It's just becoming the normal, normal thing. But I just, I said, God, out of all the things, all the emotions, you know, we talk about faith and we talk about hope. But God says, the gra- and even prayer, we know all of these things are great principles. We cannot make it in our Christian world without it. But yet he still commands us to love. It is such a powerful weapon that I believe when we understand all the more what we're doing, it drives out all the wickedness, all the iniquity in our land, and even in our homes today. Y'all, it is a different world out there. I mean, I love we had our women's fellowship, um, you know, the other weekend. And, it, you know, as people would say, it's, it's real out there in those streets. It is real out here. We come in here, and I thank God for, you know, my, my parents. My mom is here today. I thank you for being here, Mom. But... I thank God how I was raised and we were raised in church, but everybody does not have that experience. Everybody doesn't have parents out there. There is a generation, even men and women, with, when everybody used to want to get married, now they don't want to get married. They just want to have something and then keep on moving. They don't want nothing. They just want the stuff and keep on going. Marriage, everybody used to say, I'm going to have a white picket house and a picket fence, have a house and three kids and a dog. And we've got to go outside of here because there are different issues and things that some of us wouldn't have no idea that people are faced with. That people are faced with. But God still commands us. That's why we go out of here. Commands us to go to the highways and hedges and compel men to come to him. Not come to the church, but come to Father. Abba that we just sang about. He still says, with love and kindness have I drawn thee with your loving kindness. So today, God is going to continue to remind us of the depths and the whiffs of his love. And I just have three, three points that I want to focus on today. That if we're still doing or believing, you know, that's going to show us, uh, we got to check our love meter, check our love walk, check where we're going in this thing. Because we need to know this is what love is and this is what it's not. Amen? Amen. So the first one is, When I love, I do not fear. I don't have to be afraid. When we love, we don't have to fear. A lot of you have seen the acronym, false evidence appearing real, fear. Fear, it's false, it's in the world, it's in the church. So I'm not even, not so much talking all to just the world, the world, but some of the same things. (laughs) I heard somebody say, if it's in the world, it's in the church. In the church, in the world. People here are afraid. Looking over our shoulders constantly, Worrying about so many things that God has promised, not saying that not believing that what is true is yay and amen. Afraid to just have real conversations. So then you lie and you're manipulating and you're stealing. Just afraid. That's not love. And fear, it just it has a way, all that false evidence, it has a way of tricking our playing with our minds and our memories, our perception of reality. It can also affect your body, your long-term memory, causing anxiety. All the time, just, just don't know what to do. And it can cause us just to be tired. Those are the things that start these cycles for chronic depression. Accelerated, accelerated, just aging and even unto death. If you don't grab a hold of it. God has not given you the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. We used to sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. Oh, I, that song just delivered me all the more. I'm no longer a slave to fear what people say, what the enemy is going to do, what comes my way, because I know that God loves me. 
I know that he has my back. I know that he is for me. I know that he is with me. I don't have to be afraid. Will you be nervous sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. I was nervous a little bit getting up here because usually I'm leading worship. But I do not operate in the spirit of fear. I can't continually be afraid. Can't continually be. I'm up here on the, the pastor's wife. What does that look like? And even if I wasn't, you know, everybody's role is important, but I can't be dodging and ducking and, oh, Lord, I got children. And other people, they're going to see me scared and say, Mama, what's wrong with you? Then they're going to be scared. I cannot be afraid. God told Joshua, he said, have I not commanded you? This is what's helped me. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with, with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Wherever God takes me, I will not be afraid. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be a good courage. going to hold my head up high. Knowing that God is for me. I take that literally. I take it literally. We do not have to fear God. Fear that God doesn't love us. And that he won't come through for us in our time of need. What kind of God is that? He says he don't want us to fail. We need to learn to accept it. I've told you all that several times. I've always been one that can say, oh, I love you. I can give the love. But it is a process of receiving God's love. It's a process. You've got to give it and you've got to be able to receive it so that our fears do not control us. If it controls you, why? If it controls you that much, you are not going to be obedient to God. You're not going to hear the voice to say, you know, I need to go over here to this store and not knowing that there may be somebody there that needs you, that needs agreement with the word. How are you going to be a light if you're afraid? How are you going to be a light and God tells you to wake up early in the morning to pray and you scared thinking somebody, the boogeyman or somebody's going to come get you because it's dark in your house and you sitting there paralyzed under the covers and you need to be, he's called, I mean, it's, it's that serious. He's calling you to pray and intercede and you scared to move. You can't let the spirit of fear control you because somebody else needs you. First John 4, 18 says that perfect love casts out fear. If you're afraid of facing a person or a situation in your life, God's love can help you put that fear to rest. God's fear can do that. No man has ever seen God but if we love one another, I believe God abides in us. And then his love is perfected in us. In other words, God's perfect, perfect, perfected love, it refers to God's love. And in us coming to him completion, that we come in the act that we love one another. So if we have love for one another, his love is perfected in us. So perfected love, when it says perfect love cast out fear, perfect, perfected love is the love of God expressing himself to love one another. Amen. If we love, we cannot fear. We've got to be strong. We've got to be courageous. Hallelujah. We've got to know who we are and who's fighting our battles. Amen. Amen. Our second one is that when we love, I'm not going to be selfish. I'm not going to be selfish. I was looking at it, um, Jonathan and David's relationship, and it looks at, at 1 Samuel 1 13, when their story was being told, like there were two swords in the kingdom. King Saul owned one, and his son Jonathan, he had the other one. And so when David was preparing to flee from Saul, Jonathan gave his sword to David. Jonathan, logically, he was going to be the next king in Israel, but he knew 
God's hand was upon David. Hallelujah. He chose to help the man who God had anointing himself instead of fighting him out in jealousy. He chose to help him. He saw. He saw what was going on. His eyes, it was bigger than what, you know, spiritually, what Jonathan wanted. How many people have you ever gone out of your way? Your own needs to ensure God's agenda. Hallelujah. God's agenda and God's plan was taken care of. How many people have you? Again, it's a choice. Remember I talked about the beginning. It is a choice. It's a choice with your time. It's a choice with your money. It's a choice and you will be inconvenienced. You will have your day planned all out. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and thinking you're going to have a wonderful day to yourself. And it's, it's at those times God will be like, I need you. I need you to go over here or do this. And so he will require you to do things you, you may or may not want to do. In our love chapter, and, we, and I may read it before it's over, but we all know that uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and that's where I got the selfish from. It's not self-seeking. And different translations say that love does not demand its own way, which is the same thing as selfish. It does not insist on its own. It does not seek its own. And it's not self-serving. Love isn't always me, 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 me first. I got to have this, God. I'm praying for me and mine. It does not demand its own way. I got to have this. I got to do that. It's all about me. That's not love, y'all. Someone with a selfish spirit is going to make much misery and issues that they are dealing with and no one else has any problems. So they're going to be kind of miserable. They're not going to see the needs of others around them. And isn't that what we've been called to do? Isn't that what we've been called to do is die daily? To look at our other brothers and sisters? So I hope that's not you. I hope that's not you because we cannot be selfish and self-seeking and then say, God, you know, I want you to use me. He's, he's not going to let you go in that kind of spirit. Because at the point in time and what I'm most concerned about, when somebody really needs you, that person that's not trusted love, that person that said, you know what, I'm not going to do this in the time that they need you. And then you acting like I ain't got time for that today. That's going to cause them to go back even further on God. Or not even trust it. That one person that they trusted, now all of a sudden, you don't got time for them. We've got to do better. We've got to have more of God's love. We've got to do things more of his way. And our last one, like I said, I was going to go through this pretty quick, is that we've got to understand, back to that scripture, that love is not going to fail me. Love is not going to fail me. Love never fails. Love never ends. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be still. Where there's knowledge, it's going to pass away. Prophecies, tongues, knowledge, all this, can, you can find this in 1 Corinthians 13. All of that is temporary, but not so love. Not so love. Love will never fail. God chose us. He died for us and he will never leave us. In fact, nothing, hallelujah, can separate us from the love of God. I am convinced. I'm convinced today that ne neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor powers, nor height or death nor any other creation will be able to separate me from the love of God. Does anybody else believe that? That God loves you. That God is with you. That he's covering you. 
that he's drawing you fails. That means to fall. By saying love never fails, that means God's type of love will not fall or falter. It is constant. It is forever. And Jeremiah says, your people, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Isn't that good? Just kind of makes you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Something that will not go. And guess what? There's so many things that are ending. People here today, they're in your life today, they're gone tomorrow. They say they love you today, they're out the next minute. But his love is everlasting. Oh, hallelujah, God. Some of you may even be saying, I just can't. I can't. I tried it before. I tried it. I tried this thing. I've even tried God. It just hurts too much. It hurts. I can't do it anymore. It just hurts that I gave myself. It hurts that I opened up, God. Let me tell you, love is a risk. And you will, especially with man, not with God. He's going to hold everything. But with people, it will be a risk. You'll be vulnerable. And sometimes it will hurt. But that does not mean that God's love will fail. That doesn't mean that, even as we were talking about on last week, that doesn't mean I can't get connected again. That doesn't mean God is going to put somebody else in my life to be maybe what that person wasn't going to be. That doesn't mean, you know, to that person, the, to the childless um, that doesn't have a mother or father, that doesn't mean that God will not put people in your life to cover and surround you and to be that love and to be that God here on earth. We used to sing a song that, you know, some people will be the only Bible that they see. I love God and I love him and I love how he loves me. But I love my husband's love. I love my mother's love. I love for my friends and my family. I love how people, my sisters and brothers can say, ah, you all right? Be encouraged. I love how I can, and I can receive that. So we strive to love. You know, and we see even in the Bible, it didn't fail. It didn't fail for Ruth and Naomi. It didn't fail for even Jacob and Rachel. Jacob had to work all those many years. It didn't fail. And it didn't fail for Jesus. When he was on that cross, the love didn't fail. Even when he wanted to let go, God's love still kept him. So that's what we're striving as sisters and brothers and our moms and our dads. I say today to try it again because it will not fail. If you are broken, confused, even frustrated, just frustrated, try loving God and receiving his love so that you can love others. It's not about us. It's not about us. When I'm set free, then it's my job to help free others that may be afraid that may be broken, that may not even understand what God is doing. Jesus, teacher, when he was talking to the disciples again, they said, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God. Hey, I love this one. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. For this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the law and the prophets hang on those two things, commandments. We got to go back. We got to go back to loving God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we got to go back to loving our neighbors as ourselves. And he will help you. I told you, it's going to be challenging sometimes. It's going to be challenging. But if you can look past, like I said, look past that person's brokenness. Look past what they may be dealing with. 
then God will equip you with what, what he needs to equip you with because it doesn't fail. All the other stuff will, but his love will not. So we strive to choose love on today. We choose to love God above the fear. We choose to love God no matter what the circumstances come in our life. And I'll leave you with this. Love is an attribute of God's divine character and grace. When we love someone, we are initiating one of the greatest riches of God's grace, blessings bestowed to mankind. Hallelujah. When we truly love, we participate in one of God's greatest joys. We can't do it in fear. We can't do it in being selfish. And we cannot do it if we believe God's love has failed. Amen. 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 Can you stand up for me? And just hold your neighbor's hand. You might have been in one of those categories. You may be dealing with fear. You may have found yourself a little selfish. You may have found yourself in the category of feeling like that, you know what, God, I, I just can't really trust this. And I invite you now, if you'd like, I'm going to pray for everybody. If you need a little just agreement, if you need help in that area, I don't mind you coming. We'll all just pray together. But we've got to be able to master. We've got to be able to see. We've got to be able to understand what God is calling us to. Because the world is so broken and the world needs us. With that lawlessness and all the iniquity, how are we ever going to be a light? How are we going to be salt? How are we going to give hope in this dying world? And God, it is with your love. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we honor you. God, we need more of your love. God, we need more of your peace. God, we need more of you this morning, God. So even right now, nobody might have come down, but even in the hearts and minds of people, I know that you're moving. I know that you're speaking, God. I know that you're revealing. I know that you're showing, God. I know, God, that you are with us. So I thank you for each and every person that's gathered in this place on today. I thank you that you're reminding them it's not about them. Hallelujah. That it's your love that apprehends them. And it's your love that got them when they were in despair. It's your love that found them when they were lost. And it is your amazing grace that is covering them. God, be with us. Help us to be, God, the kingdom that you've designed us to be, God. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for giving us every day, God, what we need. Hallelujah. For our brothers, for our sisters, God, in the name of Jesus. We don't mind you rebuking us. We don't mind you, God, get correcting us. We don't mind you, God, saying you didn't do that right. Hallelujah. We don't mind us saying you got to get that together. Because it's all about you and your glory and your mission, God. Have your way in us, Jesus. Any hidden thing, anything we have not seen before, I pray today, God, that you'll reveal it to us, God. Whatever thing, God, that may have been hindering us, God, in our ability to love, in our abilities to receive your love, God, reveal that unto us on today. 
today, God. Oh, yes, God. Thank you for your blood that covers. Thank you for your blood that forgives. Somebody just may need forgiveness. And for God to tell them, God, it's okay. I know what you did, but I've forgiven you. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for knowing us, knowing the uttermost parts of our spirits and souls on today. Continue to mold us. Continue to shape us. Continue to use us for your glory. Hallelujah. You can't inconvenience us. God, you can wake us up in the morning. Hallelujah. God, you can use us for your glory. We give all of our gifts, our talents, everything that you've given us, we give it back to you. Use us the way that you want to use us, God. Let others see you because when they see you in us, that you'll do the drawing and they'll know that you're real. Hallelujah. They'll know you're real. Hallelujah. You know that you're the same God that parted this Red Sea. They'll know, God, you're the same God that heals cancer. You're the same God can deliver their minds. You're the same God that can put families back together. You can same God that keeps families together. There is no fault in you, God. And we acknowledge you as that on today. God, let your will be done in this place. And we'll forever give your name glory, honor, and praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Give your neighbor a hug. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.